There's a lot coming out next week. I know. Bad Times, First Bad Man. Bad Times, First Man, The Beautiful Oath. Beautiful Boy. I don't know if we'll get Beautiful Boy, but I am getting Colette next week. We got Colette last, yeah. this weekend, maybe? I still haven't gotten to see it, but I'm excited about it. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, talk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be talking about the film that is dominating my Twitter timeline, A Star is Born. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what pop star do you want to see have a lead role in a major musical movie? I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from Chicago, and I want Justin Timberlake to be in a remake for uh, The Music Man. I think that would be so much fun. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little salty about Justin Timberlake these days. Really? Uh, yeah. Um... I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, there were so many options that I could think of. Like, I have so many people that I want to star in movies, but of course, like, the top of the list is Harry Styles. Like, if I could get Harry Styles to star into some sort of, like, grand rock opera, like, movie... Uh, it doesn't have to be a musical <laughs> itself. It could just be a movie with a lot of music in it, you know, like yeah. the Star is Born is. Um, just something. I would be so excited. Lucas. Yes. Before we keep talking about A Star is Born, which I'm dying to talk to someone <laughs> about, um, what are you feeling this week? Um, this week was the kickoff for season 11 of Doctor Who. Um, Doctor Who if you haven't heard of it, is the weirdest show in the world to explain. But it's about an alien who comes to Earth and finds people and takes them on adventures. And <laughs> um, the, it's been a show that's been around since like the 1950s and it's gotten rebooted a couple times. Um, and this season has been taken over by a new showrunner, Chris Chibnall, um, who did Broadchurch. Um, I don't know if you watch Broadchurch at all, Sandra. No, I'm but familiar with it, but excellent never... British TV show yeah. got remade into a average American remake as it goes, um, called Grace Point. Um, but uh, yeah, so he took over the show, and Jodie Whittaker took over the role of the Doctor. Um, the Doctor changes his face, his her face. Now it's a her um, for the first time, and this remake is great. I already love it, and it is. The perfect jumping on point for anybody who has not wanted to wait into 50 years of Doctor Who history. <laughs> um, it's kind of starting it from scratch in a way that anybody can jump on. It's super diverse now and super accessible to everybody. So if, you're in, if you've ever been interested in Doctor Who, this is definitely the place to jump on. That's really exciting to hear. I was I had my Doctor Who phase that like I'm no longer in. Yes. Um, but I'm very happy for those people that like like love it and kept loved it for so many years and now are getting like a really exciting chapter of it. Yeah. I think it's, I think this will be, this will be a fun, a very fun season yeah. <laughs> for people. So yeah. Here's what I want from you, Lucas. If there is like a really spectacular standalone episode, like, um, sort of like how the weeping angels, have, yes. you know, like those are like spectacular. Like you could just watch it. You don't even need any other context. If there's something like that, that pops up this season, I want you to give me a head. Oh, I definitely will. For okay, sure. Cool. Well, what I'm feeling this week is also a t season of television. Um, I'm feeling the new season, season two of big mouth on Netflix. Lucas, did you check out season one or season two? Of I did not at all. I've I saw it pop up in my in my thing, and I heard some people talking about it, but it was not something that I was gonna watch at all. Yeah, I really like this show. I'm a huge fan of Nick Kroll, just in general. So, of course, I was gonna like check his TV show out that he creates and stars in. Um, but then also, it's a show about like 
puberty and sex education, kind of, and well, pretty much. And those are things that, like, sex education is something I'm incredibly passionate about. And so that's also a major interest for me and why I'm going to watch this show. And last year, I loved season one. I thought it was, like, really funny, really, like, smart. And um, I had a bunch of fun with it. But this year, season two, I think is like taking the show to a whole new level. Season one was very much about just like what basic, what we think of when you think of puberty and sex ed. It's like our bodies are changing. Oh my God. We all have crazy hormones running through our veins. Like, oh my God. And it was mostly addressing those like very basic initial first, first thoughts when you think about puberty. And this season has really upped the ante by introducing this brilliant character called the Shame Wizard. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Big Big Mouth, I guess I should explain that it's an animated show that has like fantastical elements to um, illustrate how like kids deal with puberty. So different characters have their own hormone monsters, which is like a literal monster that like hangs out with them all the time and tells them to do things based, make decisions based on their hormones. And, um, and so there's all these sort of fantastical elements in this season. One of those fantastical elements is the shame wizard. And he's this creepy old British man who visits every child and, you know, kind of influences them to be ashamed of like themselves and their instincts and their actions. Um, and it's created for some really great storytelling. There's a particular episode this season, um, I think it's episode eight, where they all the students in the school go to a sleepover. And typically you just get to see like our main characters and their storylines. But in this episode, you get to see the shame wizard and how he works and all different types of children's um, from like queer kids to like girls who feel like they're too sexual to boys who feel like they're too perverted to um, girls who feel like they're you know not feminist enough and all these different really like interesting ways to see how shame like affects everyone. Um, I thought it was a really amazing episode of television and I'm having a lot of fun with this season as well. So, um, if you haven't checked it out, Big Mouth, it's a really easy thing to watch. It's half hour episodes, 10 episodes a season on Netflix. So an easy thing to get through in a week or two. Yeah. I've heard it's really good. I can't stand Nick Kroll for some reason. I don't know why. I know. I love, I love lots of people that really love him. Um, but for some reason he just really gets on my nerves. (laughs) Wow. You know, he's like top of my list of like celebrity crushes. So this is like a real blow to hear. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the show, John Mulaney is also involved, who's really fantastic. I love um, him. Jenny Slate is heavily involved. Jesse Klein, J.C. Manzoukas, um, oh, Maya Rudolph, like, does a ton of really great voice acting. Fred Armisen. It's a really great cast of people. But yeah, Nick Kroll is a big part of it, so. I don't know what to tell you, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I'm, I might check it out eventually. Yeah. Okay. Um... Let's go in or out on just a few little topics. I just want to hear how you're feeling about a few things, Lucas. What is it? You're either in or you're out. Right now. We've got a couple of trailers that came out in the past couple of weeks. Let's start with the trailer for Vice. Adam McKay's new movie starring um, Christian Bale, Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, Amy Adams, uh, a film about Dick Cheney and the Bush administration. In or out, Lucas? I am... I don't know. I feel, at this moment in time, I feel very out on this movie, but I feel like by the time it comes out, I'll probably be in on it. Um, I kind of felt this way about The Big Short also. It was a movie just about a period of time that I didn't really want to think about and was very depressing. Um, And felt like it was going to take it too lightly but the big short was actually really great and handled it really well um and had a lot of awesome performances in it so i'm i'm assuming this will be the same situation where it's like i am not interested in making you know dick cheney and um george w bush like funny i guess right yeah um it just doesn't sound interesting right now but we'll see how the movie (laughs) turns out because he did great with the financial crisis yeah if i had never seen the big short i would not be interested in this movie but yeah the big short is such a compelling case for like 
him to be the person to tell this story because he he's so smart in the way that he like draws people in with like this sharp edge of humor that like the big short has and obviously this movie has but when you watch the big short there are these really dark poignant movies or moments that explain mm-hmm. like the tragedy and the cruelty of like the financial cross crisis in, in a way that like is not funny it's just like awful um and it really like makes you understand that and so i'm really hoping that he achieves the same kind of balance with this movie. I'm excited about it for those reasons. I just think everybody will give a good performance. Um, I guess my hope is just that it will, like you said, have like strike the right tone. Yeah. Because we're all super fragile right now. Right. Right. Um, okay. Another trailer that came out recently is Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic starring um, Taron Egerton. In or out? Um, I I think I'm in on this. This seems to be, um, if you've seen the trailer, this seems to be a little more, I guess, fanciful than I thought it was originally going to be, um, which seems like fun. What What's his name? Uh, the guy who's directing it. Uh, De- Dexter Fletcher is directing it. He's the same guy who did uh, Eddie the Eagle with Taron Egerton a couple years ago. Um, did which you see that? I did not see it, but everybody said it was fun. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I was expecting from this. Um, it looks crazy, and I hear it's going to be just a very different take on a biopic um, like this. So Yeah, you know, I really appreciate the art of a good trailer. Like, I think trailers are like a beautiful, beautiful art form. Yeah. And they're done well. I just think, you know... It, is so cool to watch a good one. And I think this is a great trailer. And the small detail of, you know, towards the end of the trailer, it's having that take on, instead of saying based on a true story, it says based on a true fantasy. I, yes. Th- that is like one of the most brilliant moves I've ever seen done in a trailer. Because it, <laughs> it immediately sets us all up with the right expectations. Like, this is based on a real person, but... We're not going to hold, like, this movie to the accounts, to the detail, level of detail that we might hold a typical biopic, you know? Like, it is going to be a fantastical movie. It's not going to be um, a documentary. It's going to be, like, a shot, like a, just like, like it says, a fantasy, you know? You're never going to know what's real or what's not, and it's just going to be the essence of Elton John and not, like, all the just the facts and details about Elton John. And that's what I want from a movie, especially one about Elton John, you know? <laughs> and the, yeah. the fantasy elements that we already see happening in the trailer, I think, are so cool. Um, I already know, like, I love Taron Edgerton, and I especially love Taron Edgerton's voice, so I'm, like, 100% in on him being Elton John. Um I'm really, really excited for this movie. I was looking forward to Bohemian Rhapsody. I like those trailers, but this has me way more excited than I am for Bohemian Rhapsody. Definitely. Um, Okay, last thing I want to go in or out on. Have you seen the trailer for The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the new Netflix series that we're getting in a couple weeks? I have. This is the one that is kind of the spinoff from Riverdale um, on the CW, right? Like it's it's set in the same universe? It's Yeah, it's made by the same creators, and I think technically it's in the same universe. I don't think that, like, there has been any major crossover elements as far as I'm aware of yet. Yeah. Um, it's just more like the same idea of like taking a beloved comic book figure and kind of taking, doing a modern darker twist on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hard out on this. I, (laughs) this is, this is not my jam at all. I, I hated Riverdale. I will hate this. It's not, not my thing. The only thing drawing me to this is Michelle Gomez is in this. Um, who is a fantastic British actress. She was on a lot of Doctor Who for a long time, and she is amazing, and I'm excited to see what she does in this. There's a lot of actually great actors involved in this, but um, yeah, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is not going to be something I'm interested in in the slightest. Okay, I'm very in on this. Now, (laughs) I did not watch Riverdale. I, like, watched the pilot episode, but, like, I never got into the show. Um I like the idea of Riverdale. I just didn't want a teen soap opera, which is what it eventually turned into. You know, um, if if Riverdale had kept just more of a noir vibe, I would have really, I think, still been into it. Um, but then it kind of just turned into like a classic CW show. 
Um, this does not look like a classic CW show to, uh, to me. This looks like way more stylized and, um, I don't know how, like if it's going to be amazing or not, but I think it's the perfect level of like horror for my taste. You know, Lucas and I, we don't, we don't like like classic horror. Like that's not our vibe. Um, <laughs> but I like the idea of horror. Like I like the idea of being a person that likes horror. I'm just not. And so this this looks like it has the vibe of like a horror film, but without being like truly scary, um, which is that's exactly what I need. And uh, especially in this spooky month, like it, it gives me something that's like slightly spooky and witchy for me to like indulge in um, without having to like actually watch scary movies. So. <laughs> Um, I appreciate it filling that void, and I'm excited to see, like, what the show turns out to be. Well, you'll definitely have to let me know. Yeah, I will. Okay, now for the main event, A Star is Born. anticipation for this movie i don't i know we had talked about wanting to see it but i never really got a good grasp on like how you were feeling about this movie going in yeah i was excited about it um i i i going into it i was like all right lady gaga is probably going to be great we'll see how the story is um but i could hate this but it also could be my favorite movie of the year um i love movies that have music in it (laughs) like actual like uh whatever it's called where people are performing and stuff like that like i just i really love that vibe in a movie and so i was i i I was trying to like temper my expectations for what the for what this could be but i knew it could be great what what were your expectations well just the fact that lady gaga starring in a movie had me excited but Seeing the trailer and the reaction online to the trailer is what really <laughs> amped me up for this movie. Um, yeah. Did you see the version that, um, what's his name, Kevin something from the Kevin Gilmore. T. Porter. Yeah. The, uh, the Muppets trailer. Yes. So, one, that was brilliant. And it sparked off like a bunch of people doing that with the trailer. Yeah. Um, but what some, one film critic said when that was going around Twitter was that it kind of proves that the star is born trailer is like almost a perfect short film in and of itself. Yeah. Like talking <laughs> about like a good trailer being cut. That's an amazing trailer cut. Um, and so that alone of course had me really amped. And then the buzz from like film festivals was exceedingly high. Um, so I was really, really anxious and excited going into this, going into this movie. Um, yeah major major expectations i planned on watching at least one of the remakes before this (laughs) like i i i knew i wanted to watch the barbara streisand one and i was like i'll probably also watch the judy garland one at least um didn't get to did it just didn't end up happening (laughs) i planned on seeing this and then this weekend before we recorded this episode watching like all the uh, the old ones afterwards (laughs) and i didn't get around to it either um i still do plan on watching the barbara streisand and the judy garland one so like i need to make time for that yeah it'll um, definitely happen <laughs> yeah um, but i i have nothing to compare it to here now but. right but i was very glad that i went into this movie without having seen any of the previous ones so that i could just fully experience this story as its own thing you know um i wasn't spoiled in any way for anything that like happens in the previous movies yeah definitely um, okay lucas so what was how do you feel now about a star is born i I really liked a lot of elements about this. Um, I think it came together in a better way than it could have um, <laughs> i i'll I'll talk about the stuff that I loved. I loved Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is great. Um, she gives a an amazing performance. Um, I feel like they've Bradley Cooper and the writers have tailored this story well for this century um, kind of in just the aspects of like who his character is um, somewhat in the aspects of who her character is. I don't think she's fleshed out enough to be the main character. Um, And I I don't know if that comes down to marketing or anything, but um, I feel like we really got sold that this was her movie um, and it's very much his movie. It's very much about him. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is just a player in his movie, which I'm not, 
saying that's bad. I just think that I came in with the wrong expectations around it. Um, but I do wish she'd had a better arc in this in this story. Um, I think Bradley Cooper's performance is amazing. Um, I think he looks he looks the part. Like he looks grizzled and rough and uh, bad, which I loved. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think the the way it was edited is interesting because this movie takes it takes place over you don't really know how long. Um, it's just a it, it's it's cut in a way that you don't get much access to the outside world. It's very much these two characters' lives for an unknown period of time, and I I I think it's an interesting decision because stuff comes up, stuff happens, and you're just like, oh, we've already I guess we've jumped you know time after you know I know it's I think it's been a while, but you really have no concept of like how long. Um, you know, their relationship has lasted or how long they've been together or anything like that, um, which I think is a little rough and I think comes down to just poor editing. Um, but I think it also makes the story a little interesting if that's done on purpose, just because they, um, I don't want to spoil stuff, but um, just the way their relationship works, it kind of makes it make sense to just kind of have these um, cuts and have it flow in kind of an awkward way. Um Sam Elliott's fantastic. Um, he's an amazing actor, and I think this could actually be his year to do um, to do an Oscar run. Um, Dave Chappelle is in this a weird amount. Um, <laughs> there, um, there's just some there, there's some storytelling beats that you're just like, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why you're choosing to do this. Uh, but overall, I really like this movie. I think I think everybody in it does a great job. Um, I. I to me, it just seems more classic, more like a classic story than what I was hoping for. Um, but I, I still had a blast with it. I yeah. thought it was so good. Um, I want to quickly address one of the points you made about the fact that, like, you never really know how much time like has passed in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the same thing goes like for a lot of. For many parts in this film, you don't really ever know where they are. You know, like, location yeah. isn't, like, yeah. very specified. Um, there's been, a, like, a long Twitter conversation about, like, where does Lady Gaga and her dad live? Like, where is it? You know? Yeah. Like, a big argument. And in that Twitter thread, um, Robert Kess- at Robert Kessler said something that I thought really perfectly, gra- like, captured what this film is Achieves. I don't know whether it's trying to do this or not, but it, I think this is what it <laughs> achieves. He said, um, I think one of the more effective parts of the movie is that you never get a good sense of the passage of time or location, which I'd imagine is how it feels to be a rock star on tour. Um, yeah. So I really like thinking of it that way because I, I felt the same way where it was like, where are we? You know, like, or you yeah. know, like how, <laughs> how long have they been doing this? Um, but you do get the sense that like, yeah, when you're a celebrity, all of these like places that you perform just bleed into one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have the si- different drivers in every city and they kind of, you know, you ask them all the same questions and, um, and one month, you know, feels like it lasts her forever. And then like seven months goes by in an instant, you know? And so I, I really appreciate that this movie in a, in a different movie, I might be more of a stickler for that. But in this movie, I appreciate that it didn't spend all this time, like trying to give you all those details when it yeah. could just be spending time giving us these like personalities and like this intimacy. You know, mm-hmm. um, I yeah. think that there, the time was well spent in that regard. Um, I loved this movie. Um, I've been thinking about it nonstop since I saw it. And the best way I can describe the way I'm thinking about it is that the movies, when I think about movies, there's a way movies make me feel. And then there's a way like that I, that movies make me think. And I think this movie makes me feel, I think this does, this movie does a great job of making me feel, you know, um, the feelings that I get when I'm seeing these, these characters are like through the roof. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful love story, a tragic love story, um, because like these are flawed, hurt, troubled people, um, and there's like a tr- a deep sense of tragedy in the fact, um, in these like, especially 
um, Bradley Cooper's character, um, who's a very tragic figure, like any of that is going to be tragic. And I think, but watching it is a beautiful thing to watch. Um, and then I think that like the music in this film is incredible. And like the way the music is filmed is like so amazing. And I loved every moment of it. Um, and then, yeah, on that point, I will say the, the the way the music is filmed is amazing. Yeah. Like it is truly, truly breathtaking. Right. The, the music itself, to me, didn't hit as hard as it I wanted it to, but that's totally fine. I think it has like certain songs do better than others. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, we can talk about the actual soundtrack. Like at some point, I want to, yes. you know, I want to yeah. like talk about just the music. Um, but when I think about this movie and like what it, what the messages are and what it means for, like, the Lady Gaga character, Allie is her name, um, and, like, what it means for women, um, I'm more conflicted. And I've read some scathing takes of this film. I've read some takes that, like, really build it up. Um, I'm, I'm conflicted about what this movie is doing for, like, her character, but I also kind of don't care like because this movie made me feel so good you know or like it gave me such like intense feelings that i kind of don't i don't care to be as critical of it in a way that i would for a different film you know um i kind of just feel like it's doing its own thing and i'm okay with that um i i think it's I, i think it's very valid to have like a deep sense of criticism about this film I just personally am not like letting myself get wrapped up in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I feel like it's this... that good. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I feel like this film isn't super like plot driven, um, yeah. but most of the like issues I, I do have with it are surrounding the plot. Um, so, so I want to talk about those in spoilers, but yeah. um, the, let's, can we talk about the music real quick? Well, Cause before I, we talk about the music. I just want to say really fast that, um, a friend of mine on Twitter, I told him I'd report back immediately after I saw this film, and I had to, like, kind of give a concise one-tweet review. And mm. I basically just said, there are a few scenes that made me roll my eyes. The rest are pure magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think the way that he – I just think the way that he directs this is so interesting because you do it, – it's not, like, shots of the stage, shots of the crowd, shots of the stage, shots of the crowd. It's very much a combination of kind of, like, swinging around. You get – um, a lot of backstage people, you get, you know, that, you know, their view from the crowd. It's a very, like, it feels very live, like a live concert shoot. Um, and you just really get that emotion and you get to see like how big this is, like how big the stage is, how big (laughs) it looks from, you know, from her perspective and everything like that. Um, but the music itself, um, that song I think is great in the context of the film, but I really didn't like listening to the soundtrack on its own. Um, cause I, I did that this week and I was just kind of like, you know what, this reminds me of good things from the movie, but on its own, the soundtrack is just fine. I think the soundtrack is pretty great. I think as a movie soundtrack, it's great. I love the way it's arranged with, you know, the dialogue in between mm-hmm. the songs. I do like um, that. Yeah. The little like audio clips. Um, I think that that is, like, a really brilliant thing to include because listening to the soundtrack to this movie by itself is like listening to the soundtrack of a musical where you can follow a Mm -hmm. story, you know? Um, You get to follow the progression of them falling in love, Allie having a career, and then the ending, you know? And I really appreciate that, like, how it feels complete in that way. Um, I think Shallow is just, like, it's just so memorable, you know? Yeah. Whether it's, like, by itself a good song or not, it's, like, it's the one that I find myself singing constantly. And part of that is due to the fact that, like, we've been hearing it on the trailer for so long. Um, <laughs> but, like, I just think it's really catchy and, like, it's going to stick around, you know? I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but, like, there is a song in this movie called Is That Alright? that I don't think is getting enough attention. Um, it's, I think the best song on the soundtrack, I've listened to it over and over and over again. Um, and what's surprising is it's my favorite song in the soundtrack and yet I don't remember it in the movie at all. Yeah. I'm not remembering it on the soundtrack. It's really good as its own, just as a song by itself. Um, I literally don't remember it in the movie whatsoever. 
Um, but it's a great song, and I'm glad that it's there, and I'm glad that, like, I have the soundtrack to relive this movie, you know? Um, and discover a little... Yeah. Because so much is happening in the movie that, like, you can't fully grasp every lyric and every, like, um, little detail. And there's so many songs being... Original songs being thrown at you that, like, there's too much information to take in. Um, so now getting to, like, visit the soundtrack and, like, hear all those little details that I might have missed or s- complete songs that I guess <laughs> I might have missed in the movie... Um, it's been a real joy. Yeah, I, I I will say I was hoping that Anthony Ramos would sing something in this movie. You, I, I feel like it's weird for him to be in this and not have a singing part. When he first showed up, I was like, all right, he's going to get to sing at some point. And no, he just hangs out for a little bit. It's very weird to put someone from Hamilton in a musical and then not have them sing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, while we're talking about minor characters, um, can we just talk about how great the drag queens were in this movie. Um, ugh. I just, I love the inclusion of that drag bar and those queens. Um, I think they were, like, so talented. And um, one interviewer asked Bradley Cooper, like, how did you find those performers? And he just kind of shrugged and he was like, they're famous. Because yeah. they are. They're, <laughs> yeah. like, incredibly, incredibly famous drag queens. <laughs> and I, I loved him just, like being so upfront about yeah. that and um i love having like i'm not i just got into rupaul's drag race i am not an expert by any means i don't want to come across as one um or like present myself as one but dra- from what i know like on the sidelines of drag it's like these performers are so multi-talented and like charismatic and i need way more of them to like have film careers. Yeah. And this is I think a great introduction for like some of these, you know, performers to have amazing amazing film careers. Because this is a really great film to get started in. Um it they is. added just the right amounts of like levity that this film needed in certain moments and really set this like stage for like what kind of culture like Ali is from. Um I I loved that you know plot point yeah i think they bring a good amount of humor also just to the beginning of this movie totally um and it's not that i want them in like every part of this movie but the 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 movie does lose its humor after they're not in the movie anymore um and so i don't see like like i just i i I wish there had been a way to like make that tone kind of go throughout the the, the movie because it very because at the beginning like my theater was like laughing a lot um really during the, the first half of this movie yeah well, also, the first, like, hour of this movie, everyone's talking about how amazing, like, the first hour is. The first hour of this movie is, like, this, it's almost a fantasy. It's so oh, yeah. magical and beautiful. It's basically a dream. And um, the drag bar is part of that. It's part of what makes that first hour so, like, feel like you're in this amazing other world, mm-hmm. you know? Um that like and what is so great about that is that, like that's true to life you know like that's like spaces like that that ex- that exist in all of our cities do feel magical and special and like you feel like you get to be a different person when you're there and you just feel at home in a way and it's it was really cool that this movie like captured that essence for a short amount yeah. of time you know um, I really appreciated that. So I, I loved that. I loved that beginning. I loved everything that was happening between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper in that first hour. I think that they had a chemistry that like I can't <laughs> even like like begin to think about like how they had such natural yeah. chemistry. Um, and spoilers, I'll talk about certain things that happened in that first hour that like truly blew my mind open um but yeah i just want to say like if you love love stories like that first hour is like an amazing one yeah can we can we talk spoilers i just have so much to say i just (laughs) i think before we talk spoilers i should just say that like i don't know have a lot of close relationships with people that suffer through like alcohol that are like alcoholism or like addiction um, so I can't speak from experience in this, but the way that this story, this movie handled that topic, I thought was 
really, really well done. I was really impressed by it. Um, I don't think it handles every topic well. I don't think it handles, like, the way women are treated super well or the way, like, the music industry works super well. But the way that, like, it treated their relationship and the way their relationship was affected by addiction, I thought was, like, the true essence of this story. And on that regard, I think it's an amazing film. And I just wanted to say that. I agree with you. Okay. Now I'm okay to talk spoilers. All right. Spoilers it is. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Crack and gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. Okay. My biggest beef with this movie is at the beginning of the movie, when she first meets him, she calls him out immediately on being an alcoholic. Um, and she's very like wary of him at the beginning. Um, and then that never gets followed through on at all. Like the rest of the movie, she's just very much a hundred percent in. And I don't know, like there's no, there's no like actual conflict. I mean, there's, there's conflict with her, but, but there's not like, she's, she's, she stops being as wary, I guess, as this, which, which, I mean, it makes sense. They fall in love, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't let her at the beginning. I was like, okay, she's aware of this. She understands where, where, where he's at and she's going to, I don't know, build her life with that in mind. And that just doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I think you see her do it a little bit, not in like major dramatic ways. Um, like, when she meets him, she tells him, I'm never getting on that bike when you've been drinking. You know, like, she sets that firm right. standard, yeah. you know? And when she goes to Memphis, she kind of just says, like, this is the only time I'm ever doing this. You know, like, I'm not going to be, like, flying across the country picking you up drunk. Like, you know? Um, and so, like, we get glimpses of her being not so resigned to his addiction. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I wanted from that, though. Like, uh, to me, it just read as, like, yeah, when you're in love, you just deal with the shit, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about her music career, because that was the thing that was the most, that was the thing that had me the most eye-rolly throughout the film. I think we should maybe start with the manager character. Um, because I, the, I think the film's greatest flaw is how cartoonishly evil that character is. Yeah, he's very much just, <laughs> just there to really just push Bradley Cooper over the edge. That's his only goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, like, to do, like, again, the very cliche things, like, okay, um... I want you to dye your hair blonde. You know, like, the scene where he's like, I think you should dye your hair, was like, oh, God. Like, that really was like, this is so lame. You know, like... Yeah, change everything about yourself because yeah, the world... Her, <laughs> yeah. like, pop songs, it's, I think, so interesting to me because yeah. it's very clearly, like, they're trying to make it so that the pop songs are, like, quote-unquote bad, you know, compared to the music that they make together. Um, yeah. And I think that's annoying. Um, and yet, when I listen to the soundtrack, guess what is ringing through my head all the time? <laughs> it's the, why did you do that, do that, do that, do that? Like, I'm all day singing that to myself. And so it's like, oh my gosh. I, I just don't, I don't appreciate the, like, this, the idea that, like, the pop songs are lame and meaningless and this, the, the, rocky country songs are like full of meaning um, right i wish they'd had one scene where she's actually writing one of the pop songs because the pop songs just kind of show up and it's not like a it's commented on it's almost as like ugh, look at this but there's it's not like is she given these songs like is this part of her kind of being who she yeah. you know kind of her being herself and right. writing these things now or yeah i just wish there'd been more to yeah that. and yet at the same time like the movie makes it clear, like, that these are quote-unquote bad songs. Because, like, the, the opening to Why Did You Do That is just, like, classic. This is, like, a lame pop song lyrics. The, like, why'd you come here with an ass like that? As soon as she said that, I was like, oh, this is what we're doing, you know? <laughs> um, but what I appreciate is 
with the exception of the moment where they have that fight in the bathtub, Bradley Cooper's character seems very supportive throughout this movie. And yeah. I think what makes this movie so good and so, like, emotional is that he seems to be a good person with demons. You know what I mean? He doesn't seem to be, like, this asshole figure that, like, she just happens to love this asshole. Like, he seems to, like, really be in love with her. He seems to, like, be a decent person. And he seems to, like, truly want success for her. Now, that might... He might have moments of jealousy or frustration or depression, like, regarding her success. But, like, I do think he wants her to be successful. Like, he doesn't, you know, want her to be just, like, a trophy wife for him, you know? (laughs) Um, And so the fact that, like, he has... There's so many positive things about him makes me, like not be as mad about the pop music stuff. Like, it doesn't feel like he's constantly mocking her for Definitely. that. You know what I mean? And he's and he's got, like, I guess, it's not, it's not like he doesn't have anybody else because he has his brother, but, like, that's, I think, where you feel like he's, he's missing her is just that, like, she was the person who was, you know, with him and helped him, and now she's got her own life, and that's just hard on him. Right. Yeah, it feels more like this is hard on me and not, like, I'm mad at you because of this. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I really, really want to talk about the beginning and, like, all the amazing moments that happen in the beginning. Yes. First of all, I need to say, okay, after I saw this movie, I posted on Instagram that the sexiest thing I'd ever seen in a movie happened in this film to the point that myself and several other women, like, choked on the air. Like, like, uh, uh, like I can't believe what I just saw. And I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> I have to like let people know what this actual moment was. It was the moment when they were in the parking lot of the grocery store. And he's like tending to her hand. And he holds her hand. She goes, may I? And she kind of she like says yes. And he puts her entire finger in his mouth to take one of her rings off. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Like, it's details like that and so many other small little moments throughout the beginning of this film that, like, Bradley Cooper gets it. Bradley Cooper knows, like, the way he he appeals to women, and <laughs> that is definitely one of them. And um, there's just so, like, the voice... The way, like, he's protective of her and, like, um, like suggestive, and, but never creepy. Like, truly never creepy. Um, the whole, like, obsession with the nose, I was very into. This is, like, an incredibly sexy film that doesn't actually have a lot of sex in it. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to pull this off and not be creepy. Um, and he does, yeah, you're right. He does an excellent job of, like, it never comes across. It comes across as, like weird and crazy and out there for him to like you know fly her out and stuff like that but at no point in time are you like this is is crossing a line (laughs) so um which is really good i think i think that all comes down to bradley cooper i think if you put someone else in this role like that could really fall apart (laughs) yeah no 100 percent. and i also really loved the scene where he kind of comes to her bedroom again there's so many things that like probably should be creepy but did not come across as creepy to me you know like <laughs> like the fact that like she wakes up in her bedroom and like he's right there you know like i don't know just, that's not creepy to me because of like the context um but in that scene where she kind of says she's like i've never felt like this about anyone before and he's like good we're on the same page like that i think was such a perfect line of dialogue because it really encapsulates the whole story that like neither of them have ever had a love like this before and they both feel this way in equal amounts and um and it it just sets up the story for like what everyone's intentions are you know what i mean like it really just makes it clear to the audience like this is a love story between these two people one that they have never felt before one that you probably never felt before it's like extraordinary um and and it sets it up for like in a lot of ways this movie is very much like a fairy tale you know it's very much like a cinderella story like 
she has this sad life and then he plucks her out of it, you know, and um Yeah. There's a lot of like out of this world storytelling things like these don't things don't just happen to regular people and like love like this doesn't happen to regular people and i like that this movie like keeps it keeps a great balance of being grounded in harsh realities and then also like yep amazing fairy tale elements i 100 percent agree i feel like we can't end this without talking about the ending yes that i was about to talk about that there are two sequences in this movie that blew me away and that I just want to watch on repeat. And one of them is at the beginning when he gets off stage and gets in his car. It does this tracking shot following him um, with just crowds of people around him. He gets in the car and shuts the door and just the noise just dims. And you can just hear the crowd outside and yet he is now alone in this car and it drives off and it's silent and he's by himself and he and he opens up a bottle and takes a drink. Uh, that sequence, I think, is incredible. And just, like, the way it, the way it's done, the audio is perfect for that isolation that he's feeling. And then the second sequence is, is the ending, when he kills himself. Um, when he gets out of the car and goes into the garage, it's all shot from the, like, basically just hit the waist down as he's walking, as he takes his hat off. Like, that is a sequence that I feel like most of the time, most directors, especially actor directors, would be like, all right, this is when you need to be on my face. This is when you need to, like, you need to see me do this. And The anguish. Yeah, yeah. And it's all yeah. shot without, you do, do not see his face as he stumbles into the garage takes his hat off you know and like and then you get one shot of his face as he closes the garage door but like I just think that sequence is incredible and everybody in the audience was just in pain because it's so long too everyone's just in pain the entire time because you know what's coming yeah at what point did you know he was gonna die um so when he I think when she when she left or no 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 when when yeah when yeah when she left and the manager has that conversation with him at the end. At that point, I was like, oh, no, that's pushing him over the edge. He's going to kill himself for sure. Yeah. How about you? When he said, can I get another look at you? I just want to get another look at you in the bedroom. Um, And then, of course, and then when he makes a mistake for the dog, it's like, oh, this is really happening, you know? Um, Well, and... Yep, yep. You know, there's, there's a part of me in the theater. The one spoiler I had for this movie is that I knew... Um, in the previous A Star is Born that the guy dies. Like, I knew that that was, like, a plot point, you know? So you can assume that that's going to happen in this one, but, like, you never know for sure, like, if they're going to uh, adhere to that. Yeah. Um, so there, when I was watching it, when he says, I just want to get another look at you, when he makes the stake for the dog, you know he's going to kill himself or you're gonna, he's going to attempt to kill himself. But what you don't know is, like, is it going to mm-hmm. happen? You know what I mean? Like, is is there going to be something that saves him? Or is he going to, you know, change his mind? Right. Or, um, And then when you find out, like, no, there's no saving. Like, this is happening. That was, like, the real gut. Yeah. Punch, you know? Like, they're really yep. going to go through with this. And then the um, dog sitting outside the, the garage. That was, ugh. Yeah. Oh, man. It was man. really hard. Um. You know, this movie, I, I, it, it really made me think about, like, I appreciate not being spoiled for movies, and I think movies work best when you're not spoiled for them. Um, but I also, like, have this really deep sense of sympathy for people who probably should have had some sort of warning before going into this movie, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. Um, I think we as a culture are still trying to navigate the best ways to do that, to, like, Mm -hmm. give trigger warnings without ruining experiences for other people. And, like, yeah, I just just imagine people whose families have dealt with suicide and, like, or close, you know, have people close to them that have dealt with suicide and what that must have felt like to be in the theater when that happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't have an answer to that. It's just something that like has been on my heart when I think about this movie. Um, yeah, I I feel like when like when a movie gets rated and you know it says like what it's rated for, I feel like there should also be a rating for like trigger warnings. Like <laughs> these are the trigger warnings that you should be aware of. But that also kind of spoils the movie if you know that there are trigger warnings. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a hard thing to figure out. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about. 
something that like has been bothering me about this film is, um, again, the cartoonishly evilness of that char- the manager, manager character, yeah. like, bugs me because I wonder if this it would have meant something a little bit more sad and more honest if we didn't get that scene where he basically is like, it's all your fault. You're ruining right. your life. You know? Right. Um, because in the movie, it's such a direct correlation to like his suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that suicide always works that way, you know, like that it's such a clear cut, like, yeah. And, and also there's this scene at the end with Sam Elliott and Lady Gaga where, he basically just says it's not your fault. Like, the only person whose fault it is is his. Yeah. And um, that line doesn't really mean much to me because, well, yes, Bradley, like, yes, Jackson Maine's character, the character Jackson Maine did decide to do this. We also know whose fault it kind of is. Like, it's kind of the manager's fault. Like, in the sequence of events of the movie, like, it's a direct correlation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, to say, like, it's only his fault, it's only his, it's like, well, we know that's not, like, really true. Like, it's not, <laughs> like, there is someone to blame. And yeah. So, I don't know that that point is best made because of the scene with the manager. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's a little too on the nose. Everything yeah. about him is a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie is very, very earnest. In a way that, because the performances are so good, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I wanted to make sure we talked about. And all I can think of is just how, like, good Lady Gaga is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's really great. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, a lot of people are talking about how good Bradley Cooper is. And, of course, he's really great. And, like, but Lady Gaga is really good in this movie. She doesn't get as much to do in the second half. But in the first half... I think that's the biggest problem. I think that's why people aren't talking about her as much is because after the first half, she really doesn't do a lot. Right. But in that first half, when it's just her being a normal girl Mm -hmm. falling in love with a rock star, she's incredible. And throughout the movie, you know, like, I don't think people are as in awe of her singing moments because, like, we've had a decade of Lady Gaga being great (laughs) at singing, you know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah. like, we're, this is like, yeah, this is what Lady Gaga does. She does, she gives amazing musical performances. But I don't think we're truly valuing how good she is at acting while singing. You know? Like, yeah. she's a great singer. It's true. But when she sings, she is acting. She is giving a performance. And those scenes make the movie. And it makes, it, like, is the ending. Like, her, she's so good at, at it that it's strong enough to end the film on, you know? And yep, definitely. Like, it almost feels like a like a cheat code to give her an Oscar because, like, most actresses yeah. can't do that because that's not what, like, acting is. They can't sing like Lady Gaga. But that right. skill of performing the way she does is truly magnificent and, like, deserves an award. So, um, if yeah. she wins Best Actress for this because of those scenes alone, I will think it is, you know, a well-deserved win. Um, I also want to talk more Oscar stuff with you and, like, this potential for this movie for Oscars. I think this movie will be nominated for Best Music, obviously, Best, or yeah. best Original Song. Um, I don't know what else it'll be up against, but I think it'd be hard. it'd be hard-pressed yeah. for this to lose that. Um, so I think she'll win for that. I think she'll get nominated for best actress. He'll get nominated for best actor and this will, and best director yeah. and best picture. Right. Is my, is my thought. Sure. Minimum those Sam awards Elliott as like best supporting. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Possibly him for um, supporting. I, I really want to talk about, I don't think he'll, I don't think Riley Cooper will win best director for this, but I do think he'll get a nomination. No. Um, yes. Agreed. I think. That they both have, I think it's Lady Gaga's to lose as far as Best Actress goes. Like, you know, like, it, yeah. you know, we'll yeah. see how the rest of the season goes. But, like, right now, I think she's got it in her pocket. Um, Bradley Cooper, I would say the same about Bradley Cooper because his performance is so great in this. Except 
I just know what kind of movies are coming out, and I feel like he's gonna have competition. Competition. Yeah, we're gonna get a lot of we're gonna get a lot of really good like one man movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, we always yeah. do. So like, um, so like, we'll see about that. And as far as best picture goes, I think this definitely gets a nomination. But I'm I'm trying to think about its chances for winning, and more so, I'm thinking about how I will feel if this movie wins best picture. You know, and I definitely don't think it'll win best picture. Really? Yeah, I think it'll get nominated, but I definitely don't think it'll win. And why is that? I think, I think the backlash will come. Um, I think. I I I, th- I do think it's a great movie. I don't think it's like, yeah, an amazing movie. Like I don't think it's. There's so many other people I think that will come into this race and be more and deserving. Um, that I think it'll get the nom, but won't get the. There win. will definitely. I definitely agree that there will be other movies that will come into this race and be more deserving. Um, however, um, <laughs> I just think to myself like how I would feel if this movie got one Best Picture. And I think yeah. I would be really okay with it because when you think of Best Picture winners, like, it's n- almost never the actual movie that, like, I would love to win Best Picture. It's never my number one movie. Um, the only True. times I can think True. of that happening were, like, Spotlight and um, Moonlight was, like, my number two that year. You know, so, like, those are, like, the few times where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah this lines up. Um, so, for me, the best I can ask out of a Best Picture movie is a movie that, like, I think is truly great and unique and um, and like that has a consensus about it. And this is a movie that I do feel fits those qualifications. So um, if unless there's another movie that like seems like it has a great chance that like really blows me away, this is what I'm rooting for as of now. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. I'm trying to. One last thing I wanted to say is that. Um, it wasn't until the credits started rolling that I realized that that was Andrew Dice Clay playing Lady Gaga's father. Oh, really? I had no idea. And then he, the he rolled, was the worst part of it for me. Oh, yeah. I, I thought he was very charming. Not, not that he was bad. Oh. Not that he was bad, but I was just kind of like, oh, this is weird that Andrew Dice Clay is her dad. <laughs> yeah. I truly had no idea. And the credits rolled, and I said, Andrew Dice Clay. And I was like, Andrew Dice Clay was in this movie. And I thought, I was like, oh, I guess he was her dad. <laughs> um, I also, like and I memorized trailers and so I was very much keeping an eye on like what from the trailer which things weren't the movie yeah yeah Yeah. and there like Dave Chappelle had some dialogue that didn't make it into the cut I Um, was waiting for that line this is the first time I'm actually worried about you (laughs) and yeah Um, and then there's a shot of them in the trailer like on a swing set in the backyard that never Mm -hmm. made it in in there um and part of me, during the suicide, I was I kept thinking about the shots that I hadn't seen yet, being like, maybe he's going to live because we haven't seen that shot yet, you know? <laughs> like, we haven't seen them on the swing, oh, so like, maybe he lives and yeah. like, we see them on the swing. <laughs> nope, I didn't get it. <laughs> and then, like, towards the end, I was like, oh, maybe yeah. it's a flashback, a memory. It's like, nope, just not in the movie. Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I did love the about Dave Chappelle. I did love the little detail that like he has these drivers in all these cities that he like performs in that he has these close relationships with because every time he goes to that city over years and years he like has the same driver and they talk about the driver's kids. And, yeah. Like, I thought that was a cool little yeah. detail to add in and kind of shows like he's a decent person. Like, yeah. He has these loyalties. Yeah. You know? I did think it was interesting, though, that, like, of how... Because it took me a while to, like, figure that out. That, like... I was like, wait, who is Dave Chappelle? He just has a friend that he hangs out with in Memphis? And uh, and then, like... Yeah. Yeah, it finally came came up. I was like, okay, I, I get it. But, yeah, I yeah. was a little rough on that at first. <laughs> I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. Oh, one other thing that Bradley Cooper does in this movie that I think is so special is... And makes this character feel very real and fully formed is he kind of, like... Jackson is a little slow, and I don't mean stupid, I mean literally slow, like, mm-hmm. someone will make yeah. a joke, and it'll take him a beat to, like, get it, or, like, to, like, fully process it, um, and that happens, like, kind of throughout the movie, yeah. and part of it has to do with his hearing, you know, like, a, a lot of it has to do with his hearing, mm-hmm. um, but I think part of it also has to do with, like, 
as like this celebrity that's like kind of older. He's not like he it take it takes him a while to like fully understand everything in the normal world and the way like you know like yeah when he's in the dra- and also the drinking the drinking and the hearing and the <laughs> age and the separation from reality based celebrity all like adds up into like he's not fully like as present or as quick as everyone else and yeah um, the way that that played out in small little moments i just thought felt very real you know it reminded me of like it just reminded me of yeah, like older definitely. men I knew, you know, and and the way like someone will make a joke and they're like, huh, what? what? And they're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now, now I get it. Now I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. He felt really full fleshed. Like the, it did not feel like he was phoning any of this in. Like he had his character down pat, and it it showed. Yeah. This I will say this movie. What I saw like opening night in a packed theater, and it was really fun to to see it with a bunch of people to hear everyone crying. Like this is a movie where everyone cries out loud, you know? (laughs) Um, and the, the laughter that like you got from certain scenes, the like, yeah, the gasps of like how amazingly attractive Bradley Cooper is in this movie. I think it was really (laughs) fun to experience in a theater. Um, yeah. So like this is, it's just, it's a crowd pleaser, you know, it's, yeah. It feels like old and new all at the same time. I I love so much of what this movie got gets done. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it lasts yeah. in a, in award season. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have to say about A Star Is Born. Um, if you have things you want to say to us about it, you can find us on Twitter at Feeling It Pod. Lucas, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My, my last name is spelled A M S T U T Z. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.